Hello and welcome to The Family Show. I'm your host, Eleanor Rossman, and joining me today and every week are Brenda and Randy Lee. Hey, season's greetings. Merry Christmas <laughs> and all that jazz, right? Right. So Good uh, to see you. It's always good to see you. And um, and we were talking briefly about how we're... How we've kept up with our Advent wreath this year. Well, Thanks you have kept God. up with your Advent wreath. Well, I know you have too, I'm sure. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's lovely to have those candles going. Um, anyway. When you're in the house. When you're in the house. Yeah, put them out before you leave the house. Right, Brenda? <laughs> um, we're going to talk about Advent, duh, and Dan Delp. Dan Delp, right? Uh, you may remember Dan Delp. We, we talked about Dan a few weeks ago. And Dan's a guy who turned his cancer into an intimate relationship with God, right? Kind of a different take on the whole terminal illness experience. Um, but Dan posts on Facebook. You can find him, not surprisingly, at Dan Delp on Facebook. But, but anyway, Dan had a couple of really intriguing posts recently. Um, intriguing and ironic. Um, one of the things that becomes very valuable to people with cancer is time. Right. Because yeah. when you have cancer, time suddenly becomes a very finite commodity. Mm-hmm. Right. We, we all know that we're going to die. Right. We're all terminal. Right? right. We, we know are, that, but, but we don't think about it. That's a lot. exactly right. For most of us, the when is sufficiently mysterious. For most of us, our lives, for most of our lives, we can just sort of ignore the when thing. Um, but when we hear the word cancer, right. The mystery, the ambiguity just kind of goes away. We hear cancer, we immediately think, right, the question comes to mind is, how long? Yeah, how much do I have? How much do I have, right? So here's Dan, you know, cancer, cancer diagnosis, time's limited, finite, you know, not to be wasted. So what's Dan doing, right? He's sitting at his kitchen table watching birds, I mean, this could be classified as a waste of time, right? I in mean, some people's minds, in yeah. Here, I mean, in mine, right? Right. I mean, people are supposed to have like a bucket list, right? Right. I was thinking right now, he's. he's I'm going to make my last trip to Europe, or I'm going to go do this. I'm going to exactly yeah. right. There, there's these important things to do before you die, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think watching birds out your kitchen window makes most people's bucket lists, right? No, I mean, I I'm agree. with you. The, the, let's do the Europe thing, or. Yeah. Right? So why is Dan doing it? And the answer is because Jesus told him to, hmm. right? Matthew six twenty six. consider the yes. birds of the air, yeah. right? You want to know the and the importance of this, right? You want to know the essence of your relationship with God and the world. Consider the birds of the sky. So Jesus says, right? So we got Dan and a good guy considering the birds of the sky out his kitchen window. Right. And notice it's not just see or look at. Right. It's it's consider. consider, Right. Ponder, Ponder. study, reflect on, pay attention to study the birds of the sky. Right. So poor Dan. Right. Whole bucket list is on hold. (laughs) He so so he can stare at birds. Right. Not just glance at study. Right. Finite time. Right. But he's got to waste his finite time studying these birds, right? Sorry, Lord, believe it or not, I've seen birds before, mm-hmm. right? Seen them my whole life. But have you 
considered them, Mm -hmm. right? In your whole life, have you ever considered the birds? So there's Dan sitting at his kitchen table considering the birds. And Dan notices this really interesting thing, right? Yes, God does feed the birds, right? But if you're a bird, being fed is still a full-time job. Yeah. Right? Birds put in a sizable work day, and most of that work day is devoted to being fed. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, granted, birds build nests, but once the nest is built, there's no additions it's all that about are built. The food. No new kitchen, no new water <laughs> heater, right? Birds spend a lot of people don't know this, but birds spend very little time, very little money on travel, jewelry, or clothing, right? Birds Go spend figure. their day going back and forth being nourished by God, right? If you consider the birds, what are they going to teach you about living life? We need to spend our days constantly seeking the nourishment of God, Mm -hmm. right? In the course of the day, constant back and forth, out into the world, back to the loving hand of the Father, out into the world, back to the loving hand of the Father, right? Same chapter, right? Matthew 6, Lord, teach us to pray. What's he say? Give us this day our... Daily bread. Daily bread. That's exactly right. God, if it's all the same to you, let me stop by on Sunday. I'll get all the food I need for the week, right? And God's response is, it's not all the same to me. I need you coming back. You need you coming back constantly, right? God sent manna to the Jews in the wilderness, right? Pick up one day's worth and come back to me tomorrow, right? You need to keep coming back. Why do we think it's different today? Same God, same world, same hunger, right? Sarah Mason had a song out a while back, Wrap My Arms Around Your Name, right? And it had this incredible line, save communion for the holidays, right? Hey, as long as I come back to be fed Christmas and Easter, I'm fine. I'm good. Let me do the minimum because I'll... Right. Yeah. Watched Mass on YouTube, Mm -hmm. spiritual communion. Mm -hmm. It's all good, Mm -hmm. right? COVID, need to take two years off from Mass, right? Um, And none of that's, right, none of that is what you learn from considering the birds, right? John 15, I am the vine, you are the branches. branches. Mm -hmm. If the branches stay on the vine, if they are constantly nourished, they bear much fruit. Remove them from the constant source of nourishment, and what happens? They die. They die. They wither and die. Right? It's really interesting, but research has shown that if you stay really distracted, even if you're really hungry, you won't notice or the feelings of hunger will disappear. Yeah. If you stay hyperactive, you won't notice that you're starving, right? Mm -hmm. Why do we need to stop ourselves, be quiet, be still during Advent? To recognize who we're hungry for. That's right. And not just hungry, we are starving, Mm. 
We are starving for God and we can't even tell. Right? 20th century philosopher Joseph Pieper, right? Mm-hmm. Joseph Pieper had the stunning observation about the word leisure, right? We see leisure as this vain, idle, self-indulgence kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But Pieper defined leisure as an attitude of the mind and a condition of the soul that fosters a capacity to receive the reality of the world. Oh, right. You know, like, the, so what's that even mean? Right? It's a philosopher guy, right? It means that we think life moves really quickly and we have to sprint to keep up with yeah, life. Yeah. Right. So we run and we run and we run and we run. But the more and the faster we run, the more out of focus life becomes. And we've talked about this be- mm-hmm. before Advent started. Remember how mm-hmm. because of the media and the mm-hmm. stores and everything, away. I mean, the Christmas starts in like August, mm-hmm. right? Get busy, get busy, get busy. When Advent is really a time of reflection mm-hmm. to remind us who we're hungry for. Exactly. I always think of that song. I, I, is it Audrey Assad? I'm restless yes. till I rest in you. St. Augustine. Rest, rest. Yeah. Both of them, right? St. Mm-hmm. Augustine and, and Audrey Assad, right? Come same conclusion, right? And and the reality, what's the, the dynamic that's actually going on is that life actually unfolds very slowly. So as we're sprinting, we're actually moving further and further from life rather than closer and closer. Leisure, mm-hmm. Advent, is stopping ourselves mm-hmm. so life can catch up and we can get a good look at it. Mm-hmm. Advent is God calling us to Peeper's definition of leisure, right? Consider the birds, consider yeah. the lilies. As you were saying, Eleanor, Light a candle and let me tell you how much I love you. Yeah. Right? And, you know, I think about, um, we're told in the Bible how our Blessed Mother pondered all these mm-hmm. things in her heart. Mm-hmm. Do you, I mean, for, they don't have any really recorded words of hers, or if, if any, just maybe a few, but that one, right. she pondered all these things. Mm-hmm. So pondering takes time. And it's a good thing. Right. That's exactly, that's exactly right. And it's, it's interesting because when you stop and start to think about it, right, not only the recognition is not only are we hungry for God, right? But the source of all that sort of hunger dynamic, right? God is hungry for me. God is hungry for you, right? The the recognition that we come to, right, is not just do the birds need to come to see God, mm-hmm. but God longs to see the birds. the birds, yeah, right. God longs to see us. He that's why He wired the system this way, right? We need to come to be nourished. He needs to encounter his children, right? We think of Advent and we think of Advent as us waiting for God. Yeah. Right? It's this big time of our waiting. Right. But, but God 
in Advent is waiting to encounter us. Right. right? He hasn't gone anywhere. What we think that way, don't we? Sometimes mm-hmm. that we're going to wait for you, Lord, whenever you decide to come around. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And he's at the door, yeah. right? Think of Jesus just saying to the Father, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Yeah. He wants to go on to the other side of the veil and embrace his children. He's waiting to meet us always. We're going to stop and take a very brief break. And you're listening to The Family Show with Brenda and Randy Lee. And we'll be back in just one minute. Welcome back to The Family Show with Brenda and Randy Lee, and we're talking about Advent and Dan Delpisms. Dan Delpisms, on the the Facebook page for Dan, right? Um, And to kind of get a running start into the the next one, there's a beautiful Christmas song you really don't hear much, and it's a song by the band for him called A Strange Way to Save the World, right? Yeah, I never heard of that. And this song, Strange Way to Save the World, and this song is about Joseph standing at the manger, um, thinking about the stable and the swaddling clothes, really rags, right? Mary, Bethlehem, the whole picture, and saying, this is such a strange way to save the world, Hmm. right? Hmm. And if you come to the scene with, with a 19th, 20th century Christian American mindset, the whole Bethlehem scene makes sense. But if you give it any thought at all, none of it makes any sense, at least not in the way that it's supposed to, right? So Dan had another post this week that picks up on this point. So so we have come to think Bethlehem is the perfect place for Jesus to have been born, right? We've been told the story enough that it just fits. And besides, we have the Old Testament prophecy. So yeah, Bethlehem is cool. But if you're a wise man from the East in 1 AD, Bethlehem is a hole in the wall. It is a no place. Even if you're following a star parked right over Bethlehem, you stop where? In Jerusalem. Right. And say, yeah, right. I mean, that that would make sense. Yes, because Jerusalem is where kings come from. Not this tiny little... it's a big city. Yes, it's a big city. Not this tiny little town of Bethlehem where they deliver babies in caves, right? I mean, that's not where things are supposed to happen, right? So, in addition, we think Nazareth could be a great place for Jesus to grow up, right? Because that's where Jesus grew up. But in first century Judah, the Messiah growing up in coming out of Nazareth is pure craziness, right? Remember, when Philip goes to get Nathaniel, Bartholomew, whatever you're calling him today, right? So, so Nathaniel, Bartholomew can meet Jesus. What does Bartholomew say? Can anything yeah. good come from Nazareth? Exactly. Can anything good come from Nazareth? Hardly a ringing endorsement, right? Mm -hmm. In fact, even Mary and Joseph get sacked in their day, right? Matthew 13, 
Jesus is teaching, he's healing in his home synagogue, right? And what do the people say? Is not this Joseph, the carpenter's son? Is not Mary, his mother? Right. Yeah, Jesus, right. Where then did this man, not Jesus, where Mm -hmm. did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? And they took offense Um, at him, Mm -hmm. right? Essentially, what are they saying? Again, can anything good come from a couple like that? Yeah, like we know who you are. Exactly. And, and not that they were bad people. They just weren't royal people. That's right. Yeah. They were too small. They're too ordinary. They're too common. They're, they're too whatever, right? So here's where Dan just flips everything. Because regardless of what the world saw or the world thought, Bethlehem was a place of potential in God's eyes, right? Regardless of what the world thinks, regardless of what the world sees, I am a place of potential in God's Mm -hmm. eyes. You are a place of potential in God's eyes. In God's eyes, no one is too small, too damaged, too defiled, too lowly, too forgotten, too obscure, Mm -hmm. not to be an instrument of hope. And what could be more obscure than giving birth in a cave in this tiny little no man's town. Mm-hmm. That's exactly, I mean, and, and that's what's so, that's the point. If Bethlehem is perfect to do the will of God, yeah. then we are perfect to do the will of God, mm-hmm. right? Dan's like during Advent, you need to pray that you can see the same potential in yourself, even in your situation, that God sees, mm-hmm. right? That's actually what we call hope. Hope is seeing the same potential in yourself as God sees. You know, we're so quick to write ourselves off, aren't we? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just speaking about myself and, you know, you look back and that's sometimes a bad thing to do. That's not pondering. That's like looking back and saying, mm-hmm. oh, I made a mess of things and I can never really be good mm-hmm. and I can never do the right thing. Mm-hmm. That's the devil there. Mm-hmm. Well, that's and, and the whole notion of hope is like all messy because we think to follow up on what you said, we think in order for us to serve God, mm-hmm. in order for us to be in God's plan, mm-hmm. in his vision, we need to be changed. I have to be different to be God's, right? Mm-hmm. And and the interesting thing is hope is not a longing for change. It's an embracing of what is already there, yeah. just unrevealed. Right. Hope is waiting to open the present. Right? Kind of a rush to think that that he who is perfect, he who is omniscient, all-knowing, sees only perfection in us, mm. right? That's what he sees, mm-hmm. right? Different languages, different cultures have different great words. And Spanish has this great word, which I'm sure I can't pronounce correctly, but it's basically carencia. I think that's what it is, carencia, right? And it, or currency, I don't know, but, but it means place where one feels at home. Mm. 
place where one can be their most authentic self, place from which one draws their strength, Mm. right? And I think we lose ourselves in thinking God wants to be our judge. God wants to be our ruler when what God wants is to be our carencia. Come to me and I will give you rest. Come to me and feel at home. Come to me and be your truest self. Come to me and draw strength. Mm -hmm. Right? I think we have the Pharisees all wrong. Right? I think we think the Pharisees were bad, wicked, evil people, enemies of Christ, and we hope they got theirs in the (laughs) end. Right? Mm -hmm. But if the Pharisees were so bad, why does Jesus say from the cross, Father, forgive them. Forgive, that's exactly right. They know not what they do. That's, I want, what does that mean? I want to live with them too. That's why he wants them forgiven. I want to live with them too. I don't think the Pharisees were bad. They were just wrong. Yeah. The Pharisees were people committed to doing the right things for the wrong reasons, yeah. mm-hmm. right? They were people who were going to be good even if it made them miserable. On their own merit. Right, right. Well, but, but yeah, I'm going to earn my way to heaven, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Right. And if it if I have to be miserable to love God, I'm going to love if it. if I got to step over you to get there, brother, right. watch out. Right. If <laughs> I am going to be good if it kills me, mm-hmm. right? These were not hopeful people. These were not people who, having experienced the love of God, Mm -hmm. sought to love others. Right? So, so Mary is made in the image and likeness of God, right? Yeah. So, creation story, we are made in the image and likeness of God. That's just the creation story. So, so we're like Mary, right? Great Advent prayer, the Magnificat, how does it start? What's Mary like? My soul proclaims, proclaims or other translation, my soul magnifies. magnifies yeah. That's what souls do. They make things more visible for the world. Mary's soul made the glory of the Lord, the hope of the Lord more visible, right? Our soul will either make that same glory more visible to the world or it will make the despair, the darkness, the heaviness of the world more visible. Our life is going to magnify something. That's what lives, that's what souls do. We choose what it will magnify. Right? Psalm 34, look at him that you may be radiant with joy. Mm. Now right? look at yourself. Right, that's exactly, well that's right. You look at yourself and what you're going to see is the darkness, the yeah. despair, mm-hmm. the, the burdensome. Mm-hmm. But, but you were made to be radiant with joy. Right. This Christmas, this Advent, we are called to pursue joy through love. Right? Getting back to to Dan, God looks at you and he never sees an empty manger. 
Mm. Right? God looks at you. He never sees an empty manger. God see, God looks at you. He looks at me and he sees the resting place of God. Right? The ultimate tabernacle. You are the ultimate tabernacle. In fact, you're more than the ultimate tabernacle. If you go to Isaiah 42, it's a big chariots of fire verse. The people who mount up on the wings like eagles are those who hope in the Lord. Those who spend Advent knowing that there are gifts and are waiting to open them. Hmm. Right? That's where we need to get to in Advent. Not that we need to rush around and get all this stuff done so that we can do things the way God wants them done. And then rush to do it all over again next and, year. Or take it down. And take it down, right? right? Wow. But we need to be pursuing joy through love. That's the point of Advent. We're out of time. Sorry, guys. I was pondering today. <laughs> That's a good thing. <laughs> You know, um, someone, someone has to do it. Somebody has to do it. And better you, Brenda, than almost any of us. Um, well, that's, you know, I'm going to continue to pray for that virtue of hope, right? And joy. And joy. Let's focus on that, folks, and not think about our circumstances, but think about the truth, which is hope and joy. Okay, you can join us every Friday at 1230 on AM 720 for The Family Show. And keep us in your prayers. For Brenda and Randy Lee, I'm Eleanor Rossman, and we leave you with the beautiful sound of seasons. Mm-hmm.